Hey guys, I'm Zoe Marcos and welcome to Let Me Talk Podcast, episode one. I'm an actor, writer and producer and I've always loved to talk. I just knew that this would be a perfect new chapter because it allows me to hear from my special guests and their experiences in the film and TV industry, as well as telling you guys some of my experiences as well. Let Me Talk podcast is for anyone who is an artist that's just wanting to know about other artists and their experiences in this industry, whether you're a beginner or already established. But at the same time, it is also for someone who just wants to know what it's like being an artist. Episodes will be out every Tuesday from December 8th. Okay, wow. Let's get into this episode today. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about my journey. Um, and this will actually be my only solo episode. So I guess let's start from the very beginning of my journey in this industry. I was a little five-year-old girl who was just super eager to write and perform plays in front of my parents with my cousins. And, you know, every time that I did this, I would just get a thrill out of it each and every time. Like, I honestly, truthfully can remember the feeling, being able to write and perform these plays and what it felt like. And I carried that throughout all my primary school years and, you know, at the end of year six when you're going into year seven in the yearbook they kind of always ask you what you want to be and I always just wanted to be an actress and you know well we're sitting here today and I'm continuing that journey and I'm just excited to tell you guys what led me to where I am now. So that's where my spark for acting began around five years old and then fast forward to me at 15 years old sitting in my first class at the Actors Nest in St Kilda, Melbourne. And to be honest, I didn't know what to expect from this experience and I really didn't know who my teachers were going to be. But I found myself sitting in the classroom and finding out that my teachers were going to be Eliza Taylor and Paul O'Brien. Now, from wherever you're listening in the world, you probably are like, who are these people? But if you're in Australia, you will more than likely know who they are. And I was the biggest fangirl of Home and Away and Neighbours back in the day. And anyone that knows me will know this because I think I did people's heads in for all those years that I was a fangirl and growing up watching Neighbours and Home and Away. So yeah, I was sitting in that room and I was looking at two of probably my biggest idols and waiting for them to introduce themselves and waiting to see what this whole experience was going to be about and how I was going to deal with my nerves performing in front of them. Um, But yeah, if you need more of an explanation, Eliza Taylor actually played Janae Timmons, who was one of the most iconic families on Neighbours, and Paul O'Brien played Jack Holden on Home and Away as the town cop and he died an iconic death in Home and Away. So that is where I was at at that time and just full going crazy in my brain trying not to freak out in front of them. But I must say over the course of being at the Actors Nest this school helped me let go. It helped me uncover myself and I wasn't that girl who thought that she wasn't pretty enough and she wasn't worthy. I didn't have to try and be someone else because they allowed me to flourish with who I was in 
inside. I guess at this school I found my inner fearless and I found my five-year-old self again that just didn't care what anyone thought and just went with it and performed. In saying this, when I did leave the actor's nest, I was more insecure than ever. But I don't think it was because of the school at all. It was more because I was 17 and going into my 18th year and the stakes were that much higher to make this a career rather than just doing it as a hobby. And I guess that's how it first started. I was doing it as a side activity because I really wasn't the type of girl that was into sports or anything like that. I was just like super creative and just wanted to delve into the psyche of characters and being someone else for a little bit and escaping my reality. Throughout the beginnings of my career I had an extras agency and I was an extra on Neighbours for quite some time and to be honest I loved it. I had the best experience. I loved getting to know the cast and I loved getting to know the crew and I loved being told like where to go and what to do and it's so funny because I had such of the most funniest experiences being an extra on Neighbours. I think there was this one time where I had to wheel a wheelbarrow around like the nursery that was like an outdoor set on the Neighbours lot and I had to do that over and over again and to be honest like it didn't feel like I was doing a job or anything like that it just felt like so much fun for a few hours out of my day and I was just getting to be on set and getting to do what I loved and that was amazing but I guess as soon as I started to do this more seriously and take acting more seriously I started to think that extra work was given to actors that weren't good enough for a main role and those thoughts were thoughts that I would battle with and it would continue on because for a while I wasn't in training I was just doing extra work and going to school as well doing year 12 so for me I lacked a lot of confidence in that and I lacked a little bit of motivation because I I just didn't think I was worthy because my extras agency didn't really put me forward for any drama auditions and I wasn't sure why at the time. Then in 2014 I dropped out of my film and TV production course at Swinburne that I got after I finished G12 and to be honest I felt pressured at that time to apply for something in U12 and I guess production wasn't really in my mind at the time but I just I felt pressure. I felt pressure because I think back in school you're led to believe that if you don't go to uni straight away that you're not going to have a future in anything and that's totally not true and I know this episode isn't necessarily about school but it kind of plays into how my experiences went into going into the acting industry because it all stems from your supporting your supporters around you and my support at school the teachers that I had majority of them weren't necessarily supportive there were only maybe two two or three out of the bunch that were supportive and I guess the higher up teachers um, like the assistant principals and things like that they just didn't understand the career that I wanted to do and me going to Swinburne was a better answer for them I guess but it wasn't necessarily my path that I wanted to start with. So yes, so I dropped out of that and I enrolled into a full-time program at TAFTA, which is an acting school run by John Orchick. This is honestly where I found my community. And I remember having this one moment in a class where we were doing 
a course with John that he does outside of the program and when you are enrolled into the full-time program and it's called Emotions. And we had to flip a monologue that was about sexual assault and rape and we had to do it as if it was funny. And I was so scared to do it because I'd never challenge myself that much as an actor because even when I was at the actor's nest I did do some challenging stuff but I was still a young teenager so the the challenges weren't as intense as this one was so I was scared as well because the voices in my head were just definitely not my friend but after I did it I never forgot it because I allowed myself to go there and I found that young me again and I wasn't scared and I just and you know I just wanted to perform and it felt so good and Tafta then quickly became my home. I spent so much time there. Even after I finished the full-time course, I, I would just go there and do courses and do training all the time. And I know that a lot of actors experiences having a sense of home and support in their training doesn't come around that often. But to be honest, I got lucky at Tafta and I've met so many amazing people and, you know, I can rely on these people. Like, if I ever need a hand with anything, if I'm doing a short film producing a short film whatever I'm doing or if I need someone to help me with a self-tape there's always someone from Tafta around and that was such a positive in my experience at that time and it still continues on today and I just think it's so important to have a support system as an actor and to have a school that you can feel like you're in a safe environment and you're being supported in whatever you're doing whether you're performing in a classroom or whether you're doing something outside you want to feel that sense of love and encouragement and to be honest there were a couple of schools that I did in between going from TAFTA there are a few courses that I did in between going to Swinburne before I found TAFTA and I didn't feel that sense of community I felt like it was a bit of competition which I know that this acting world and performance world kind of seems like it's a competition but at the end of the day it's really not because it's all dependent on you and how far you want to push your career and how many courses you want to do and how much training you want to do it's kind of all dependent on you to improve your craft so in saying this so um although I found my community at TAFTA and everything was going great it wasn't all positive because once the course ended for me some of the group got management and I'd left my agency because I was looking for more and just had the expectation that after the course I was going to get it straight away and I didn't this brings me into my experiences with freelance versus being with an agency. I went a long time without an agency after the course finished up and to be honest I was always just waiting for something to come up rather than taking control of what I could do and in 2015 and 2016 I enrolled to do the LA intensive course back to back and that was also run by TAFTA. And as much as it was for me to learn, I thought that at least by the second time I'd get management in Australia or even in LA. And both times it didn't happen. And I guess it hit me because with both intakes, I knew that I had improved, but I was still being rejected and I didn't understand. And I'd always watched interviews on YouTube with people that inspired me. And I knew that a rejection was a lot in this industry and it was such a prominent thing. And, you know, you always get rejected before like you're going to get that one positive you have like a hundred rejections so there was a pivotal moment for me because 
I came back from both those trips, especially the last one, and I just didn't think I was worthy and I wanted more. But I had this thought and when I was in the course in 2015, we had a beautiful accent coach who is just amazing and she's such a smart lady. And it was one of our first lessons with her and we were literally just playing around with the accent. We were learning how to do it, you know, and I'd never really dabbled with it before because... Before that, I was doing the full-time course and it was all Australian-based and we weren't really doing any play with the American accent. And she was getting us to say our first and last name, like our full name in an American accent, and I just broke down crying and I just didn't understand why. And this thought came to me after all this, like after both courses were finished, and I just remembered thinking like, I was so not ready back then. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been ready to have management. And, you know, like one of the big things in getting a manager is making sure that you have a really good American accent and that they can rely on you to do a good job in your self-tapes and to kind of fool the casting director that you're American and you're not Australian. And I was just so paranoid with that the whole entire time that I was in those 2015 and 2016 intensives. And, you know, I took some time and in 2017, I enrolled to do a Bachelor of Film Production. This, for me, was the start of when my experience as an actor started to change because I was experiencing the other side and learning just how much goes into the casting process and all the positions that I have to say over whether you get a role or not. And over the course of the two years, I had a sole purpose of learning as much as I could in production. I had focused on my acting for a lot of years prior and it had come back around that I was in production so I knew that it was a sign I had to put my all into it. And I did that. My experience in production has been such a liberating one because I found the power in my career again. For so long, I didn't feel like I had the power and I felt like I was being pushed into a mindset that if you didn't have a management manager, I was being pushed into the mindset that if you didn't have a manager, that you weren't really an actor or you weren't really a creative and that could couldn't be far from the truth and when I was in this course I found my backbone and I found that I needed to learn about so much more than the acting side because if I didn't then I would never get out of this rut that I was in and I needed to learn that I didn't have to worry so much if I didn't have a manager or an agent because I was learning how to run a proper project and I was learning that I was capable of being able to create my own content and have my career in my own hands, which I, I already felt wasn't a conventional career anyway because I wasn't going straight from a full-time acting course into a three-year contract on a TV show. And that honestly wasn't a realistic view to begin with, but I feel like when you sometimes get into a bit of a thing and you're around people that are kind of making you believe that you suddenly change your thought process and your innocence into this industry isn't so innocent anymore because people are like turning it around and they're making it seem like that's the only path and that's the only way you're going to be successful if you go from an acting course into a three-year contract and that couldn't be so far from the truth and I know I say that quite often in this but it's so true it's very far from the truth and I 
I know that now. So after my beginnings and after the two years in the production degree, I moved to LA in June of 2019. And I did think that this was going to be how it was when I went over there in 2015 and 16 because although those were like positive experiences in a way in somewhat they were very negative experiences for me and I definitely wasn't in the right mindset and I I don't know in a sense I thought it was going to be like being on a holiday because in those years it was a little bit like being on a holiday because you weren't really living there you were more on a holiday for an extended period of time and you're seeing and you were seeing everything that you wanted to see rather than opening your eyes to what was really in front of you so I was doing this amazing course back then and I was also having a holiday but I always knew that during that time I eventually wanted to be able to live there and see what it really was like and this was the time that it was meant to happen. So to be honest although I'd been over there throughout the years LA was very unknown to me because I'd only experienced a small bit bit of it and I was naive because I didn't expect what it was going to be at all and the first three months for me were amazing I am literally telling you I lived my life I ate Japanese like every weekend and to be honest normal people would probably go to the cheaper places to eat that kind of food because it's expensive but I was like nah let's go to Universal Studios every single day get myself some sushi and it was double the price So I guess you could say I ate my way, I ate through my savings and then come to the end of the three months I was couch surfing and eating two minute noodles for dinner every night and if you ask me now if I'll ever eat two minute noodles again in my life you can absolutely guarantee that that will never be happening I will not put them in my mouth again and it was also frozen meals too and oh so hard to eat them now but I guess that's the classic life of an actor right trying to make it but I was then quickly thrown into a job and realized just how different it was working in America and it was amazing because I was working in like your typical actor job like I was working in two cafes I started off at Starbucks and I've really got to see what it was like to live with and work with actual Americans and Honestly, I just really was blessed that I was from Australia because it's so hard to sustain a life over there with work $14 an hour and it's hard to live a balanced life in America. And you know what? As much as I was hoping and I had in my vision that I would get to work and I would get to do night courses or day courses after work, I didn't get to do any of that. I didn't get to do most of the stuff that I had planned because instead all my money went on bills, food and rent, what I needed to sustain my life in LA and be healthy. And to be honest, I'm sharing this because it's important to note that there are two sides to LA. And in my experience, I got just that. I I didn't get the best experiences with roommates and there were a lot of times where I honestly felt alone and questioned whether this career was meant for me because I felt like I needed a schedule and I needed more money and I needed I needed that stability and from I guess November 2019 to at least January or February in 29 in 2020 I 
wasn't in the best mindset at all, especially in December because that was, that came around to being like Christmas and New Year's and I was really struggling mentally because my housemate had just p- packed up and left and yeah, I didn't have much support when I got home. I had support when I was outside of my apartment and I had one of my best friends who was in the same apartment building, but it's very hard to put all of that pressure onto someone else and have someone make you feel better because you can't do that yourself. And that's how I was really feeling. And you can't expect someone to validate what you're doing and tell you that what you're doing is right all the bloody time because they've also got their lives. And my best friend is amazing and she was very supportive but when I went home I felt alone and I was in this massive city and you know you'd think that it would be easy to make friends but to be honest it wasn't for me and yeah and so by the time March came around March 2020 I actually had to leave because of COVID and because um, my jobs kind of fired everyone because they weren't able to afford us when we couldn't even go to work and I ended up only staying nine months and as much as at the time I was sad and everything like that I came back home and I was kind of grateful I I was grateful for it because the last couple of months in LA were were lonely for me and were mentally exhausting. I think when I got home, I slept for like three days straight because I needed to catch up on that. Before COVID hit, I was doing like 14 days straight, like back to back of working and then coming home and being alone and not being able to talk to my housemates or anything like that because they weren't there. It was super hard to get around because I've always been surrounded by people But one thing that I learned from that experience is that I grew as a person and I knew that I would eventually be okay on my own if I needed to. And yeah, so when I came back to Australia, I honestly started to work on myself and started to build that confidence back up and started to build that mind-body kind of process that this was what I wanted to do and that small time was only a little bit of a setback and wasn't really my realistic view on my career because I was so kind of caught up in this I need stability, I need money rather than I need to be happy and what makes me happy is acting and filmmaking and creating. So being home really helped me take charge of that And today I'm doing this bloody podcast, which I just would never have had the courage or motivation to do when I was in LA, especially in those last couple of months, or even when I first came home, because when I first came home, I was very unmotivated and in some ways a little depressed because it was kind of the aftermath and the aftershock of going through that in December and November and the early stages of 2020 And then going straight into COVID and being locked in our house in Australia, you know, for the first half of isolation, it just didn't go well for me. I was very much in my feelings and also not in my feelings at the same time because I was trying to avoid it rather than doing it and dealing with it head on. 
But then I got to the second half of it, and which was rough for Melbourne because we were in like stage four lockdown by that time. But I started to really push and started to work on myself and realise that you need to be happy. You need to make yourself happy because no one else is going to make you happy unless you start working on being happy first. Um, so yeah, so I guess so far this experience in this industry for me has been so unexpected in the best way. I ticked one of my bucket list dreams off in living in LA and I've been coached by like so many amazing teachers and I have so many new connections and so many mentors now and I've built such a large community that I don't feel the need to compete because I've allowed myself to learn all aspects of what goes into this game, as they like to call it. You know, if you're an artist that's either at the beginning or you're in the thick of it right now, just never forget who you are. And always try to find your inner child because when I lost that, I always tried to search for it because I knew that that was my center and my anchor because if you have if you have an anchor any sort of anchor or if you find your inner child it will help you so much throughout your training especially because I can't say that I have had the most professional paid experience in this industry I can say that I've done short films and I've done documentaries and I've done a lot of training as an actor and I've acted in a couple of short films, but I can't say fully that I've been in a professional environment as an actor myself. Like, for example, Neighbours or Home and Away or just on any TV show or film in general that is paying you professionally as an actor. So I can speak from my training experiences that it has always helped me carry myself through this and build resilience and strength because I always found that inner child in me and what made me want to start this journey was that, was that five-year-old girl and not that girl that was 15 and felt pressure to take this seriously and then 18 started to doubt herself and whether she could do it and then so on and then those thoughts continued. I always tried to find my inner child and when I found my inner child I really found that inner peace and that inner reasoning as to why I was doing this in the first place. So yeah so that's what I have to say on my experience so far and I hope that it's really helped anyone out there that isn't an actor or you know, you could even be a musician, anything in this industry, in this entertainment circle, whatever you major in and whatever you're a professional in, I would just say to always find that inner anchor that you can always think about in your head and that's where you find your inner peace and your inner reasoning. Every episode in my podcast, I always like to bring awareness to something um, and with my guests that will be tailored to what they want to be talking about and what they want to bring awareness to. And I guess today I want to feature epilepsy. I want to raise awareness to epilepsy because I was diagnosed with this disability a few weeks before I turned 18. And what I really want to say is that 
it is a serious condition and I always I always struggle with this because people don't think it's a serious condition until it's happening to them and they're experiencing it by seeing someone else having a seizure and it may be invisible because you don't know that I have a disability because I look like a normal everyday person that doesn't seem like they are affected by anything but when it happens to me when I suffer from seizures and then when days when I'm too tired to get out of bed even if I haven't suffered from a a seizure it's just hard and it's suffocating and it feels like I'm on this marathon and I'm running and I'm running and I'm running and I'm never really catching my breath and I'm raising awareness to this today because it also ties into this conversation that I'm having with you guys about my experiences because although some of my doubts came from my confidence and my thoughts on whether I could really do this as a career some of my doubts came from epilepsy and the fact that I always felt for a very long time that this condition and this disability was holding me back and to be honest for a very long time it wasn't controlled because I went undiagnosed since so I started having my seizures at 13 and I went undiagnosed up until I was just before I turned 18 so I had this whole chunk of time where I I wasn't controlled and the seizures were controlling my life and I struggled with that because I knew that as an actor, as a crew member, you had to be on set for long hours and I believed that I could never be an actor or a filmmaker because of that. And because my epilepsy, my own epilepsy is based on sleep patterns and lifestyle, that was always ringing in my mind. Even sometimes when I would be in the middle of the scene, I would take myself out of it and think of that. And that's why today, if you're listening and you have epilepsy, I would say to just keep going. Keep pushing because you're going to get to that point in your life one day where you're going to be like, I don't want this condition to take control over me anymore. I want to be the one in control. And whoever you are out there, just know that epileptics need you to learn. They need you to research and they need you to ask questions on how to help someone like us. And when we're having a seizure, when we're mental health isn't okay, we need you to support us because it's important that we feel safe wherever we are. And if we are about to have a seizure we sometimes can't even tell you because it happens in a second so I guess that's really what I needed to raise awareness to today and I hope that it's made someone out there realize that this is an important disability that we need to talk about and that doesn't get spoken enough about so to end this podcast I just want to say if anything you heard today in this episode you want to chat more about or ask me questions on please follow me on Instagram at I am Zoe Marcos I am an open book and honestly I will do anything to help make anyone experience better whether it's as an actor or a filmmaker or even if you're an epileptic or even if you're suffering from a disability that is an epilepsy please don't hesitate to DM me and start a conversation with me because I'm here and I'm a very supportive person. So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast today. Please subscribe to Let Me Talk and please leave a review and tell me your thoughts and maybe what you want to hear next and 
who you want to hear from because I guess we're all here to listen to others' experiences as well. And if there's a special guest that you have in mind that you really want to hear from, please leave it in the review below. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it and I cannot wait to see you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much.